0: So for me, it wasn't necessarily a matter of if I was gonna be able to create this product, it was a matter of like when, right? Mm-hmm. Like how long mm-hmm. it's gonna take, because if there's an answer out there, I'm gonna get it. So, you know, and I would tell anybody who wants to start or create a product system something from concept to creation, you know, you have to be willing to research. You have to be willing mm-hmm. to look at ingredients and ask why. Why do you use this as opposed to this? Why do you use that as opposed to that? It's just having that confidence that it's not a matter of if you're gonna create a product, it's a matter of when.
1: You're listening to The Transend Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Wilkerson, an attorney by training and an educator at heart. This podcast is all about empowering you to build a business and leave a legacy. Here's the thing. The wealth gap in America is consistently increasing. And while full-time entrepreneurship is not for everyone, even a side hustle can change your financial landscape if you're intentional about using your business to build wealth. I've run my own law firm for over 10 years, and in that time, I've helped countless California businesses go from idea to six figures. On this podcast, we talk about what it truly takes to build a sustainable business and find financial freedom. Let's dive in. All right, Wale, thank you so much for joining Transcend, the podcast. I appreciate you being here. I'm so excited to talk about your products, Hustle Clean. Can you tell us how it got started? Like, what is the origin story of Hustle Clean?
0: It originally started as a product called Shower Pill, a company called Shower Pill. What a shower pill was, it was a joke in a football locker room. It meant that, you know, a shower was optimal, but it either was impossible or convenient you would take a shower, pill, this hypothetical shower. The funny part was the joke, but what wasn't a laughing matter was that, you know, people were catching staph infections. You know, you know, <laughs> we <laughs> Germs were being communicated from one player to another. I mean, I caught meningitis during college. So we looked around and we said, you know, they have some for everything. They had the Gatorade for hi- hydration, had uh, muscle milk for, for supplementation. and nike and under armor for performance but there was nothing for hygiene there was, there was nothing to supplement and promote good hygiene you know like mm-hmm. nothing cool at least so we said you know when we create some, and what we created was the shower pill body wipe which is an antibacterial towelette that kills 99.9 percent of germs on the body without drying the skin out and it was kind of like our gift to the athletic culture right like that was our nike air jordan to the culture mm-hmm.
1: Wow. They talk about meeting a need, right? And I would say yeah. that, that shower <laughs> pill definitely met a need. So I mean, but how did you even get started? Okay, so we know that stuff's being transmitted, like we got to do something better, right in between shout out to the Cal Bears football team, by the way, because that's where this started, right? Yeah. So how do you even like, where do you start with creating this thing? You know that this is what you need, but were you a biology major? Who was doing the testing? And how did you get to an act, to the product?
0: First, I was an Afro major at Cal. Hey. Okay. <laughs> well, the creation of the product, or how how did I know how to create the product? To make a long story short, the idea or the need state, you know, it was developed and identified in college. Right after I graduated from college, I joined the Oakland Fire Department. I saw that not only did I graduate from Cal, but, you know, the problem graduated with me. Like, you know, <laughs> and my business partners,
1: right? Like, we all...
0: Still had these times when a shower was optimal, but it wasn't possible or convenient. We still mm-hmm. had these shower for the moments. I went on like trademark here. So I looked to see if the name was available. It was available. So I was like, it's an omen from God. And I went ahead and, and bought the trademark, or trademarked the name, and then bought all the domain stuff. At that time, Me and a couple of my partners, we had like these mastermind groups because we all wanted to like, you know, do business and we all wanted to learn. So we were were reading different books for that, you know, just different kind of things and and kicking Mm -hmm. business ideas. So I came to the meeting with this idea. I came to the meeting with this idea out of uh, all the people who were in the group. Two other people, my dear friends, were just like, Yeah, I think we got some right there. That's how we started it. No, I wasn't a biology major, but being a firefighter, I knew like basic CDC stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to adhere to certain hygiene standards. And I was an EMT, so I understood like some of the basic products that we used. And, uh, you know, with a little bit of research, you know, starting with turning the packaging around, looking at the ingredients, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to reverse engineer like just some of the basic ingredients that would do what we needed a shower pill body wipe to do. And then my good friend Google led me (laughs) led me to different manufacturers. And every time I talk to a manufacturer, I would get smarter. Right, because mm-hmm. they were talking these terms now, like, I don't know what they're talking about. So, I would just take that L to another manufacturer and start, just start kind of mimicking what the other one said. And mm-hmm. after a while, I just started to like develop the basic language or comprehension of like product development. And then I went from there, you know, and I don't want to bore you, but but I went from there and we created the first iteration of the product.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important, right? Because a lot of people have ideas about something like this or something similar that turns into a product, but they don't know how to actually get it Mm -hmm. there. And they stop because they go, well, I don't know. I don't know how to create a wipe. I don't know how to create a blanket. I don't know how to create whatever that product is and stop. So I appreciate you just saying that you had an idea. You started by turning over the packages to see what the ingredients were that were being used. You used some of your knowledge from your career, you know, Mm -hmm. to put in there, but it's still, you knew what the ingredients needed to be, but you still didn't know how to make it. So then you started calling manufacturers and learn from each call. You know, did you expect to get it right on the first try or did you know that you were going to have to call a few people and learn as you went? I
0: mean, I knew for a fact that I was going to have to call people and learn as I went. And I'll kind of give this a shout out to Cal on this one, my UC Berkeley <laughs> education. I would say Cal gave me confidence, like educational confidence, like to where mm-hmm. I really truly believed in my heart that I could really solve any problem and figure anything out with research, mm-hmm. right? Like, Like, so for me, it wasn't necessarily a matter of, if I was going to be able to create this product, it was a matter of like when, right? Mm -hmm. Like how long Mm -hmm. it's going to take. Because if there's an answer out there, I'm going to get it. So, you know, and I would tell anybody who wants to start or create a product, take something from concept to creation, you know, you have to be willing to research. You have to be Mm -hmm. willing to look at ingredients and ask why. Why do you use this as opposed to this? Why do you use that as opposed to that? It's just having that confidence that it's not a matter of if you're going to create a product, it's a matter of when. And if you're Mm -hmm. really, truly committed to the, research and development, R&D, research, the research portion of that, you will figure it out. It's not rocket science.
1: Yeah. So how long did it take you Like after you started calling manufacturers to actually get your first mock-up to see what this shower pill was going to look like?
0: It took them about six months from the day... I was like, yo, who's with me? Let's do this to having the first iteration in our hand. Cause we had to do like various testing and, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, you got, you have to build in, you know, you have to build in the failures, you know? So it's, you know, mm-hmm. it took a little time. I messed up on this, messed up on that. This fragrance goes against this, like, mm-hmm. you, know, like oh, you didn't get this testing, you know, like, so like yeah, about six months. So not, not that long, but it was about six months.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it probably felt like it was a little while in the process. We see so many, you know, quote unquote, overnight successes, and there is no such thing as an overnight success. You may have found out about them last night, but they've been working on something, training for something, you know, for the past five, six, 10 years. At least that's what I, what I tell people. And that's what I truly believe. So when you brought this idea to the mastermind and your friends came aboard, Did you already have a a business entity? You got your trademark. Did you get a business entity next? Or when did that come along?
0: My boy, Justin Forsett, he was playing in the NFL at the time. You know, I was Mm -hmm. a professional firefighter. Uh, We had a third partner, Wendell. Hunter, he was, I think, working in a hospital or some, or an ER tech or something like that. We came together and was like, yo, if we're going to do this, we're going to have to formalize it. So we started to research the appropriate entity that mm-hmm. we wanted to go with, and we wanted protection, but we also wanted it to not be too uh, cumbersome as it pertains to, like, taxation, you know? So mm-hmm. we felt like the LLC was the most appropriate way for us to go. So
1: mm-hmm. we started the LLC. And I'm assuming you talked to the experts, the CPA and the attorneys to help you make that decision? Absolutely. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cap. Uh,
0: the legal expert was LegalZoom.
1: <laughs> okay. No, that's not what we're trying to tell people.
0: <laughs> you know, as you get more sophisticated, you know, you do better as you know better. At that time, you know, it was formalization was better than a handshake. And we did the best that we could do with the nods that we had at the time. Yeah. And And I would say like, sometimes you have to just start. So that was yes. our just start moment.
1: Yeah, I agree with that for sure. So how did you work out, you know, who was going to play what role and what was going to happen? Because I hear stories all the time, you know, as a business attorney of people saying, well, we were supposed to do this. We agreed to do that. And this person's not pulling their weight. My friend the other day was like, this person keeps talking about his feelings. I don't care about his feelings. We're trying to open this business. right so how do you how did you deal with the very real people aspect and the skill set yeah. you know bringing your business partners together because that's important that it's like a marriage
0: I mean, I'm still dealing with it, right? Like, if anyone tells you that they figured that part out, they're lying, you know. I mean, we can even keep the Temptations together, right? <laughs> a, you know, okay. New addition, you know, like right. So, in all seriousness, we started with three founders. We only have two now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing negative is just people. Every, I mean, the circle gets smaller. Everybody can't go, you know. And I think that we fumbled with it early on because everybody kind of wanted to play the same positions mm-hmm. because we kind of default to what we know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you
0: when you're with your friends, you kind of share, you with your friends because you have commonalities. Right. And, so, and in business, I don't need commonalities. I mean, right. you know, you, you need people to contrast you and be strong where you're weak and vice mm-hmm. versa. So like we stumbled through it for the first couple of years, but then mm-hmm. we wised up. We invested in like a team coaching, like the like Lencioni, mm-hmm. Pat Lencioni. We utilize the enneagrams to see how mm-hmm. each other's personality types are and how we work with each other. And then we all had to just have a dose of humility, like you know, yeah. like hey, like but for, for this business, like what position should we all play? Like who mm-hmm. is strongest in this? Who is strongest in that? And then having really sobering conversations based off of KPIs and performances to mm-hmm. really evaluate whether or not you know we are who who we think we are. So that's how right. we did it. We fumble through it. We find a solution which was some coaching, some team coaching. You know, we lost a teammate or two, and then we reinvested in in continually making this like a practice, right? How do we mm-hmm. optimize our working relationships? Because that's the most important part of the business, mm-hmm. is me, me and my co-founder, Justin's relationship. That's the right. most important part of this business.
1: Yeah. I mean, that deserves so much emphasis, right? Because it's not just the product. The product doesn't go. It doesn't move. The business doesn't move forward. If you all are not on the same page or at least learning how to work through the conflicts that are there, because it is, even though it is national, it's in target stores. I can order it on Amazon, right? It is still a business that is a reflection of the two of you and the relationship that the two of you have. So that makes my like, I don't even, a social emotional heart <laughs> flutter. We talk about the Enneagram and like, you know, yeah. just taking a look and, and seeing what the strengths and weaknesses are, because it is so important. It's like any other personal relationship that you have in your life. We don't think about it that much in business, but you're yeah. choosing a partner that you Choose plan to work with for the rest of your business life together, right? So I
0: mean, you made like a, a joke earlier. You were saying like you were talking to somebody and they were like, yo, I don't want to hear about my partner's feelings. What's crazy is that like, I would even suggest that you desire that your partner is able to self-actualize within your business. So like, you Mm -hmm. want to self-actualize, you want to be the best you can be, but you also should look at your partner and say, what can I do to make sure that my partner self-actualizes? Because, you know, I don't just want my partner to work. I want them to whistle while they work. So I would always say like, like the first person at all our employees and stuff that I think about, I think about my partner first. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. what's going, you you know, like, what is he going through? Like, where is he at right now? Like, you know, what? You know, is that task like, you know, is that killing him inside or is that? Well, mm-hmm. So, so, it's, so it, you know, I think that it is important, you know, about the emotions. It is important because I'm it telling is. you, if you're infighting, you're not making decisions. And right. my job, I'm a professional decision maker. So if I can't make decisions because I have infighting, I'm not doing right. my job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100% mm-hmm. agree. So, how do we get from shower pill to hustle clean?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So shower pill. You know, we put it on the market. We started with Amazon. It took off way faster than we thought it would. We were victims of our own success in in a way. Uh, we kind of reached the cap. We wanted to go into mass retail. We wanted to have a brand extension, create some new products. But when doing the research and having our groups, you know, we have we have like these little groups where we throw ideas at. It kept coming back that these little focus groups. It kept coming back that people were identifying shower pill that's synonymous with body wipe like no no the shower pill is it's a shower pill but the product is the body wipe like Mm -hmm, they were mm calling the shower pill the body wipe so we Mm -hmm. felt like in order to grow in order to speak more authentically to this group individuals who we were hyper focusing on these Mm -hmm. individuals who we said were always at the intersection of like of activity and hygiene like always on the go Mm -hmm. hustle and hygiene let's give the brand an upgrade and we came up with hustle
1: Mm -hmm. clean Mm -hmm. yeah and so tell me a little bit more about being the victim of your own success what did you mean by that like you grew too fast and weren't ready for the growth how did that play out
0: i would say more so than growing so fast we achieved product market fit specifically though we turned to a niche product for a niche demographic and they loved us how we were and they didn't want to see us grow any further just be that be that brand. I don't want to see Mm -hmm. you guys do this. I don't want to see you guys do that. This is a, this is a shower pill in my mind. (laughs) It was like, nah, but we we also have this. So that's what I mean. Like the product market fit was just so specific.
1: Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Was there ever a time when you felt like, you know, this is, this is taking too long, or maybe this isn't a, a good idea. Like what were some of the struggles that you had to push through to keep going?
0: I mean, the biggest thing was resources and finance, right? So, like, mm-hmm. when you get into the business world, you realize that nothing is fair. One, and then like, it is not a meritocracy, right? It, mm-hmm. It's really, it's really relationships and it's privilege. And you have mm-hmm. to be privileged enough to have a business. Like, I'm not gonna lie and say that my occupation didn't assist me in I mean, having money to put down and start a business that my partners with uh, occupations didn't allow them opportunity for us all to put our money together. Right, like we were privileged mm-hmm. in sense. So with business, there's levels to this privilege, right? Like a lot of the companies who we compete with, you know, a lot of them have unlimited amount of resources. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's analogous to going to the arcade and having hella quarters, right? Right. <laughs> right. So, right? So our level of we gotta win now. You know, so, so that was right. the biggest thing was having the resources and then having the time to like fully go in on your business mm-hmm. without having like a quantifiable physical return on investment to show those mm-hmm. who are supporting you. The hardest thing was always having the resources.
1: And how did you all make decisions about like how to raise more capital, whether you're personally investing or you know, finding outside investors, All right, I guess, did you keep it with just the three of you at the time in terms of investments, or did you reach out to outside investors?
0: No, I mean, we all started, I mean, like I said, everybody like me, you got to be your number one investor. That's why the game's messed up now, you know, you know, know, businesses are failing at an all time high now because a lot of people just, they walk away when the money runs out. Like you have to be your number one investor. If you believe in your dream, we were and are our number one investor. After we invested in ourselves, we did bring on some friends and family, nothing crazy. Majority of the business is bootstrapped. I think mm-hmm. we brought on, like, we brought on like our, our first institutional investor sometime last year. So that was a nice change of pace and give us some additional resources. But yeah. ultimately, like I never want to be in a room and feel like I'm working for somebody. I, mean, I don't mind right. partnering with people. So, but, <laughs> yeah, I don't mind partnering, but, I, but I look. with that being said, we are the number one investor in our, in our company.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, you know, you've mentioned that you're still working for Oakland Fire Department and, and everybody else, it sounds like, has also had another job. And I think that's important. To talk about too, because sometimes we feel like if we're gonna go chase our dreams, we gotta go 100% in and cut off everything else. Other folks feel like it's important to have another source of income. Even for me, I teach full time at a community college and also run my own practice. So I appreciate that there are different ways to do it and that you don't have to, it doesn't mean that you're not all in if your only thing is doing your entrepreneurship journey. And it sounds like from what you've been saying, it has been immensely helpful to have another source of income so that you. Could build this business and get it to where you needed to go.
0: Yeah. First of all, like you know, my mom's my hero, right? And I saw my mm-hmm. mom work. My mom held it down, two jobs. You know, like she do whatever she had to do to make sure that we were successful, that we were gonna mm-hmm. be okay. So, like when I hear this whole notion of you know, like people telling you how it's supposed to look, that comes mm-hmm. from privilege. Mm-hmm. That comes from privilege. Anybody doesn't have the opportunity to just quit their job and go out and start something. It doesn't mean you're scared. It doesn't right. mean that, you know, it doesn't, it just means that you need money in order right. to fund your dream, right? So right. like, people try to stay away from people who tell them jump off a bridge and this and that. Like, <laughs> Right. You know, you know, no, no, there's no correlation. I haven't seen the research. What I tell people is that aspiring business people is that you look at yourself as a business, right? Mm-hmm. So like as a corporation and you're just diversifying your portfolio. Like you give mm-hmm. some time to this, and it pays you that. And then once something else gives you more money for the time you're investing in it, then it makes business sense to move on. No one's telling Jay-Z just rap. I mean, no one's telling Elon Musk to just do Tesla. hmm You know? So, like, this whole notion of, like, you you can't have a boss or this and that, or you can't have a job, that's just not solid. Eventually, you don't want to have, you know, an employer because you want your time to make more money then your right. job, then your job is paying you. So right, yeah.
1: absolutely, absolutely. So
0: respect, and, so, and so respect to all the hustlers out there holding it down. Like, a matter of fact, I celebrate you even more.
1: You're yeah. more,
0: you're more brave if you're doing that.
1: Right, 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 right. For sure. Hustle Clean is not a different company, or is it really a different company from when it started out ten no, years think- ago? Right, ten plus years ago. Is it running differently than it did in the beginning, or is yeah. it just a name change and It's essentially the same thing that you were doing when we first met 10 plus years ago. Shout out to the Way Christian Center in Berkeley. (laughs) Way.
0: Yeah. So easy to love. It has the same bones, right? Like it's the same, like it's the same essence. The business model has changed. So we have more products, one. Mm -hmm. And then number two, we have like an omni channel approach now. Like like back then, we were like strictly e commerce. Mm -hmm. And now we're in mass retail, Walmart nationwide, Target nationwide. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. select calls like world runner sports we're in a lot of different like brick and mortar locations mm-hmm. and we've also expanded our e-commerce we're not just amazon anymore like you know we have our our own direct-to-consumer platform too as well mm-hmm. so like the business model has changed it's more robust it's bigger just bigger business
1: that's awesome i mean it started out with an idea right one problem to solve but between, yeah. <laughs> you know, wanting to take a shower, shower being optimal, but not necessarily having the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And now it has grown because you put the time and the resources and the vision and and stuck with it over the years. It's quite impressive. Kudos to you. I have in yeah. the old school version the original, you know, the classic throwback of uh the shower pill. Yeah, yeah, which it yeah, um, might
0: be like a, like an NFT or something now. I don't know if they call it. <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I should probably admit like, that thing. Yeah. Right,
1: frame it or something, you know. A yeah. mode. But I mean, even I have used, I haven't played sports in a long time, but when I travel, go to hot places, and sometimes you're just like, that's what I absolutely mm-hmm. buy them for. I'm like, let me just, you know, get a little refresh when I'm in some tropical climate absolutely. and too hot, can't stand it anymore. If you want to learn more about how you can build a business and leave a legacy, check out our online community where we dive deeper into these concepts. And I literally pull back the curtain to show you how I help entrepreneurs just like you build a sustainable business that leads to financial freedom. You can find out more at the WilkersonLawOffice.com. Hey family, I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast. And I just want to make sure you know the best way to stay in contact with me. And that's through joining my email newsletter.